Sack City, welcome in to another edition, a 100th edition of the Sack City Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron, the Mukesiah Mukes. And below us, we have your boy, my boy, and everybody's boy. He is AJ Johnson. It is a beautiful October 14th morning here in the city. Once again, this is episode 100. It is a special day here in the city. Uh, it's more of a special day for like just the show as a milestone. Uh, as, as us as individuals on this show, we have been through an episode 100 already. We've been doing this thing for a little bit longer than just 100 episodes. Uh, so it may just kind of flow through uh but we are here we're celebrating our 100th episode uh unfortunately we have to start off tonight's episode by talking about just some terrible terrible things we've got terrible things in the morning headlines we've got a terrible thursday night football game that we have to recap but we end it with talking about bill's chiefs tonight uh or today um as well as some good afc matchups so we've got a good show ahead of us though we've got a lot to talk about so i'm not beating around the bush we are going to jump right in to the thursday night football recap here the washington commanders defeated the uh the washington commanders defeated the chicago bears last night 12 to 7 in a not so thrilling action-packed thursday night football game uh it was it was not fun Guys, it's just plain and simple. It was not good football. At one point, Aaron said during our chat, "What was what was what did you send during our chat about the Bears, Aaron? What was it?" Well, I said, "I said the Bears are atrocious," and yep. then I said, "Well, the Commanders are too." So, yeah. um, it, it, it really it, that's really what what it was. It was, it was bad. Yeah. It was bad. It, and I proceeded to say that you need to put the Georgia Bulldogs at 32 in our power rankings, and <laughs> then we have the Chicago Bears just fall off because of how bad it was. Uh, this game was not very entertaining. Al Michaels, I'm not sure if you guys heard during the game, but we're listening to him, but he was just not invested at all. Like his emotions and his talk his like uh, analysis was just so flatline. I was like, dude, this is, this game is miserable. This might be the worst football game I have ever seen, but it was football. We got to see some things, uh, some highlights from this game, some good things, some good notes from this game. Brian Robinson, uh, got his first touchdown since being shot in the leg. First touch, first career touchdown, actually. Um, he went 17 of 17 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. Aaron, you have been the most talkative about the situation between Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson. What did you see last night? What was your analysis from uh, the game, at least from the rushing attack from the Washington Commanders? Well, uh, <clears throat> first, I would like to say, you uh, before I get into that, um, you mentioned Georgia being number 32. I'm going to be honest. I think Washington is number 32, even beating the Bears. 
Um, and, and I'm sure we'll get into get into that um, as we get closer to the power rankings. But um, there is there is much to be said that maybe the Bears are the better football team. They just made the most mistakes in this game. Let's be honest. They they actually dominated up and down the field in that game. Gained, got gained a lot of yards, and Washington did absolutely nothing. But they turned the football over, got stopped on fourth down a number of times inside the red zone. Um, you know, so Washington gets the win. However, um, the running game: Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. Uh, I want to caution people, as I've done for the past two months, uh, Brian Robinson is not special. And I'll say it again. Like, I get it. It's a great story. We all like to see guys that go through adversity come out and play well and do certain things. But I watched that game last night. Brian Robinson is not a special running back. Brian Robinson is a thumper that goes downhill that can get you some touchdowns at the goal line. But he does not have explosiveness that you look for in the running back position. He is a poor man's Ezekiel Elliott now. He's a poor man's, really poor man's Derrick Henry. Like, he does not have the explosiveness. And you can see it. You In limited touches, and, and there, there is a lot to be said about Antonio Gibson and why he doesn't deserve to be on the field. In running style. Just alone, the ability to break tackles. And I think the biggest comparison right now is look at Damian Pierce and look at Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson didn't run through any tackles. He didn't do anything special. Damian Pierce, on the other hand, looks explosive. And he has that bowling ball type of mentality. If you look at the type of running back Brian Robinson is, it is not going to cut it in this league. He's no threat out of the backfield in the passing game because they got J.D. McKissick and Antonio Gibson. He is a 2.9-yard thump, thump, thumper, and if he falls into the end zone, fantasy owners may be happy. But I'm sorry. I have him in a fantasy league, and I was like, you know what? For Vinny, I'm going to start him today. I really started him because it's an easy win for me. I'm playing a team with a atrocious team. So I'm like, hey, maybe he falls into the end zone. He did, but I'm watching that game, and I'm like, he won't start for me anymore. Rest of the season, he won't. Like, because the offensive line play is not good. The yards per carry is not good. There's no explosiveness. He does not have that upside that that we look for in running backs. He just doesn't. I'm sorry, he doesn't. I thought he was still hurt. There was one run that they, like, bragged about because he got, like, eight yards. And, yeah. like, I don't know how he was not tackled at the two, like, two yards in. because and he, he was could be. That he very well could be still hurt. But if that's the case, then it's just stupid to run him 17 yeah. times when you got people that are healthy in the backfield. That makes even yeah. less sense. I I don't know if I'm like I'm I guess I'm interested to see what you what you see. And maybe we'll talk about this next week when we talk more about week six and everything, but what you see in like the fact that Brian like to me. I don't know if I'm out yet on Brian Robinson. I didn't think he had that great of a game. I was begging like, like every other fantasy owner I had, I did have him in my lineup because I had to this week um, in our 1000 player fantasy football league that we're in. Um, I had to start Brian Robinson and uh, I'm thankful that he got into the end zone. But during the game, I was like, man, this is, this is kind of like what last week was with him. It's just, there's not, there's not much going on, but the workload was there. And that's what, that's where I think his value comes in. I'm not so sure I'm sold out on his pro- his productivity and that he can't get better. I mean, he's still and I don't. I'm not going to put him on Damian Pierce's level. Well, he's not. He's not there. He's just not that. Damian Pierce is but a that, better running back than I'm, Brian Robinson. I'm not like, really talking from a fantasy perspective, Vinny. I get it. from a fantasy perspective. No, I, I'm, I'm talking about in general. I, 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 I'm, that's, I'm that's talking my about, point. 
I'm talking about in general. You look at the two running backs on the field. He's not on Damian Pierce's level on the field. Damian Pierce is a better running back than Brian Robinson. But this man, like AJ was saying, he might still be hurt. Who knows? I'm not not going to throw, not going to guess on that part. But there's only his second game back in this in this offense. He is a rookie. Damian Harris didn't, or Damian Pierce didn't start off that great either with the Houston Texans in that in that first game either. And this was the first real game for Brian Robinson where he was the guy. So I'm not so sold out a, on a poor defense. A poor I agree. Defense. I, I don't know about a poor run defense. A poor, like that, that, no, a poor some, run defense. Green Bay ran for almost 200. Houston Texans ran all over the the Chicago Bears. They are a poor run defense and an excellent I think, pass defense. I think Roquan Smith was everywhere last night. That doesn't change the numbers. That doesn't change that they gave up 200 yards rushing to Houston but, and to Green Bay. I'm, I'm just saying I think that I'm not completely sold out on Brian Robinson just yet. I think that there still may be some good days to come. Not not in just fantasy, but I think he progresses and builds towards being a, a good running back in this league. Not a great running back. I'm not trying to say he can be a great running back, but I'm not sold out on him being a bad running back. Because I don't I, I, I don't see I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you that he's not good, that he's a bad running like he's but when has he, he ever been happen. explosive? He wasn't explosive in college. Like you're right. He was good because he played I on agree. Alabama. So what not, skill set are you saying that you're holding out hope for? Is this just Vinny's emotions saying I love Brian Robinson because he played at Alabama? Because I don't. You're not giving me any substance. I think he was a good pass catching running back at Alabama. I think he did have good plays at Alabama. Uh, he, I thought what, he played well at Alabama. What was I thought his he skill well set? There. Like what skill set that translates to the NFL is what is what I'm asking. Not just oh, I played at Alabama behind the best offensive line in the damn country, and I could r- I, run through holes that were bigger than than anything. Like not, what what skill set translates? That's what I'm asking from an NFL I he, perspective. I think he is. A, I think he can go. Like you said, he had a great he had a great blocking system at Alabama. He can run in between tackles. He can find holes. He he's not, not explosive. He's question. not going to blow up plays. I don't know the answer to your fucking question. Then I don't know the answer to your fucking question. <laughs> and you're so so, no, this shut is up, what I up, mean. No, you're emotional. Up, no, this is you're using your bias I'm, because you no, can't sit here and tell me that. No, you cannot sit here and tell me you have hope for somebody listen. and not have a skill set to go. Oh, what what substance is behind that? It's just hope. It's just you saying I hope he's going to be better. What, what he so was he a bad running back at Alabama? He was. I'm asking you, what skill set translates to the NFL? That's I what I'm asking try, you. I, I was. I was trying to tell you that he finds holes. He's a good. He's a good damn running back. Okay, That's and we'll not see. A skill okay? set. you were already wrong once about Brian Robinson. He had a great fucking fantasy day, and now you're going to be wrong again. Screw you. Whoa, you're a great fantasy Robinson. day. <laughs> a great, great fantasy day. Great fantasy well, day for someone he's drafted in like the tenth, eleventh, twelfth round. Okay, he did Shout exactly what Robinson. I told you. Shout out the command. I told this you, if great he falls into the end zone, you're happy. Seven. If he doesn't, it's nothing. That's it. Un- unbelievable. Uh, on the Bears side of things, Justin <laughs> Fields. <laughs> Justin Fields, 14 of 27, 190 yards, a tutty, an interception. His weapons are exactly like we said on Wednesday's Power Ranking show. He literally has nothing. That Bears offense, in terms of outside of Darnell Mooney, is is hot garbage. Hot garbage. Mm. Velas Jones cost them this game. Again. Again. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. That that Baptiste uh, Martise guy, Smith Smith Martise, cost them the game. This one because he no. had a catch and he didn't catch it, no. and he didn't come down with it. It came down nope. to him. 
I'm not letting it happen. I'm not letting it happen. Actually, I'm not letting that happen. Actually, because because at first they gave a lot of credit for that last night during the game, and really I put that on Justin Fields. That wasn't the best place to throw that ball. Darnell Mooney had to go up and make a catch, and while he had his hands on it and bobbled it and should have secured it, sure. But there was so much more room for Justin Fields to one lead Darnell Mooney so he can run into the ball, catch it in his in his chest, and cross the goal line. It's not a great placement for the ball. You won't even talk about all those other options, but I get it. You're you're talking about uh, having your fifth read be the guy who's wide open in the flat. Look at all the space to the left. You you could have you could have led Darnell Mooney on the stride, and he catches that ball, toe taps on the other side of the of the pylon, and scores a touchdown for the win. Wasn't a great throw. Wasn't a good spot. You gave the defender a chance to get there and hit him and jar the ball loose. Could have been a better throw. Should Darnell Mooney caught it? Absolutely. He he had a great position once he went to go get the ball, and he let it go. That's on both of them. You can talk about David Montgomery being on the other side. Justin Fields was never going to get to that to that portion of the field. He was one of his very late reads. They were facing pressure all night. He thought he had to get the ball gone quick. I, I'm not going to – it's not all Darnell Mooney in that side. It's a lot of the Bears all the way through. But yeah, they I put didn't, up I didn't 390 say yards of offense. 390 yards of offense. It could not, could not win. Could not get in the end zone. There's a lot more to it. There's a lot more to it. I well, I think it the fact that his what he has around him to throw. I didn't I did not specify Darnell Mooney. I'm really talking about everyone. Like you can't you cannot win that many games when you're throwing guys like Smith Martise, Equinemius St. Brown, and Velas Jones. Like you're not gonna win. But what I, I guess okay, my, my biggest question fast. with all this is those guys were is, good in college, Vinny. No, they were not. Stop it. <laughs> yep. What? No, they were not. Stop it. Who's this Smith Martise guy? I've never even heard of him in my goddamn life. You just like okay. to say his name. You said his name 73 times over the past two days. I, I just, I just, I don't, I don't know who this guy is. And then also, was Equinemius St. Brown that good in college? Those guys were good in college. Actually, yeah. It was pretty good. Were they? Yeah. Were they that, that good in college? Yeah, do your research here. Do your research. It's, Mar- it's uh, not even Martise. I don't even know why you keep calling geez. him that. <laughs> what is it? It's Marset. Marset. That's it. That's the Marset. Marchette. Marset, Mar nothing, Mar garbage. <laughs> I do, I do uh, disagree with you, AJ. Though I, I do disagree with you. Um, you can't, you can't, you can blame Justin Fields for not putting the ball in a better place. Mooney's their number one receiver. Darnell Mooney's supposed to be the guy. Darnell Mooney's got to catch the damn ball. I and said, he said that. it. Like, but like, I'm not gonna deflect to Justin Fields. Justin Fields actually ran like what is it 60 yards on that play made the play happen he threw the wide open receivers they could not catch the ball they all (laughs) dropped it yes it's not all on darnell mooney because first of all that play is a microcosm of what that game was how about we talk about the coaching in the red zone and you couldn't get find a way to get in the end zone once when you were down there time after time after time again that's that's that fourth down run play with khalil herbert up the middle made no sense to be like i i can't that looked was, like he belly flopped on his own pile. <laughs> I mean, they, Justin Fields doinking it off to somebody, picked off. Khalil Herbert, late in the game, they throw a, first of all, a route that's right at the goal line is a very dangerous route on fourth down. You got to be able to get into the end zone. You have to, the scheme for what Justin Fields does best. It's always in the best spot. Always. This is the same question. I always want to have him drop back and just stand or sit there and throw the football. They need to get him in the positions that he's best at, and they still do not do it. And that's going to be – that is going – Justin Fields does not have the skill set, the developmental the developmental skill set right now to be an in-the-pocket passer the entire game. He doesn't have it. 
He is not Lamar Jackson. Everybody wants to say that because he can run. He's not. Lamar Jackson's a much better pocket passer than Justin Fields. Justin Fields has to be out of the pocket. You have to get him in space. You have to protect him. And they can't do any of that. And the Bears are... I think it's, it's I think it's starting to get psychological with him because you know when he was at Ohio State he wanted to be a passer he wanted to be able to throw the ball and he had the weapons he had the line and for the past two seasons he's just been pressured and pressured and pressured I think he's been sacked fourteen times at this point uh, I forgot the exact stat but he's he's faced a lot of pressure over the last couple of weeks and at this point I think it's just becoming instinctual if his first progression's there not there maybe his second's not there if he waits that long he takes off and runs because it's all he knows how to do he's facing pressure after pressure and it's just about getting out of the pocket I don't that's understand the NFL, AJ that, I mean I know his offensive line is bad but that's the NFL you don't get to sit back there like you do at Ohio State for six and a half but, seconds no 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 but that's what I'm saying I'm, I'm talking about two seconds I'm talking three seconds he 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 freaks quickly is what I'm getting yeah because he's and a maybe he's getting that pressure but, there, I mean, there's other there's other quarterbacks you can say the same thing about. I mean, that was what we looked at Jalen Hurts and thought he had an issue with, that he just wanted to run too much. And as soon as he got a little bit more line and he got a coach that knew how to use him, it became better. He's not – Justin Fields isn't at that point yet. They haven't done enough to get him comfortable to be able to even move in within the pocket and find his progressions. It's not the like pressure, let me The let pressure me is going to burst the pipes. Vinny, it's already, they, I think it already has. Vinny named the number the other day. When, or I think it was Vinny. When Jalen Hurts is pressured, he's one of the worst quarterbacks. He, he's worst quarterback in football. And when he's not pressured, he's great. Right. He looks great because that's every quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. The stat like, was Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts passer rating when pressured 22, uh, 22nd in the league and then yeah. fifth in the league when not pressured. And then I, I said the similar stat the previous week with Joe Burrow, Joe, Bo, Joe Burrow when he's not pressured. It's, that, that, that is what it is. It's just, there's just, the team is bad. Expect more bad games. I'm sorry. I don't Bears know if Justin fans. Fields lasts in Chicago. Remember, I, this is not yeah. Eberflus's guy. This is not uh, their GM's guy. Uh, they didn't draft him. Um, I, I do think there's going to come a point in time in a couple of years that Justin Fields is probably not in Chicago. Maybe next year. I mean, I don't, year I don't two, think so that's a bad thing. After year three. Justin, Justin Fields, the 76th quarterback in seven years for the Indianapolis Colts. That's how that works. The Colts are just going to continue rolling through quarterbacks. Next year, it's going to be Daniel Jones. The year after that, we'll find uh, Justin Fields in there. It's, it's, it's going to happen. Um, all right, but that that we talked way too much about this game. Uh, the Bears they go to two and four. Commanders also now two and four. Um, they win this game 12 to seven. Uh, let's stay with this game and uh, get into some morning headlines. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Probably the biggest highlight from last night's uh, action, uh, what came after the game when head coach Ron Rivera walked off, walked off his press conference with this little note. Oh, what's important is these guys. Okay. For the last couple of weeks, honestly, I'm going to, I'm going to speak my mind for a second for honestly, uh, it's been hard. It really has. You lose four games in a row and everybody wants to get you, you know, just, get on you. And they've played their asses off. They have. They play their asses off for everybody. They come out and they show up. They work hard. All right. They don't complain. Okay. They hear all the stuff and they got to deal with it. I get that. And I respect them for that because they're resilient. They come back. Everybody keeps wanting to say, I didn't want anything to do with Carson. Well, bullshit. I'm the fucking guy that pulled out the sheets of paper, that looked at the analytics, that watched the tape in the freaking when we were at Indianapolis. Okay. And that's what pisses me off. 
because the young man doesn't deserve to have that all the time. I'm sorry, I'm done. Walked off the set, dropped the mic, defended his quarterback, defended his team, all after the win uh, against the Bears. Uh, Aaron, you're shaking your head. What do you? Uh, what's what's your? Womp womp womp. Don't don't put things on my quarterback. He's not that bad. I was the take. Man, shut the hell up. Nobody cares. It's the NFL. It's a business. These guys have a job to do, and he's not doing his job. Like I. Great, you want to defend your quarterback that threw for 99 yards against the against the Bears? Like, come on, I, I don't care about him going up there and ranting about leave him alone. My team's trying; they're doing their best. This is not Pee Wee football. These are grown ass men getting paid millions of dollars to play the game, specifically millions of dollars in Carson Wentz's case. Who, what? He doesn't get the same criticism as every other quarterback that's not playing well. 99 yards. He threw for 99 yards against the Chicago Bears. And, yes, their pass defense is not very bad. They got some rookies back there that are playing well. 99 yards. Not 90. That's 99 yards, and we're, we're going to sit here and, like, defend that? No, hell no. Not, not good, He should have went back to his last statement and said, what's the difference between his team? The quarterback. They yeah. still <laughs> – I don't get why you're going to go up there and rant like that in that situation. Can, can I, I ask you a question here? About this Wentz thing, about the commanders. I don't get it. Oh, oh, yeah, well, we know you don't get it. Um, I, so yeah, go ahead, ask me the question. <laughs> Try. Are we talked about this the other day, like with Baker Mayfield and like certain quarterbacks? They try and do just that. That they try and win you the game. They try and go out and make those plays. They, they the hero ball is what you called it. Uh, do you think the Commanders would be better off with Taylor Heineke as their quarterback? Yes. Mm-hmm. Not a question. This is the same exact thing as Baker Mayfield. How is Terry McLaurin worse as a player with Carson Wentz than any other quarterback he's had? Two years ago, last year, two years ago, three years ago, we were talking Terry McLaurin right up there with who? DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, all these guys that came in that were in year three wide receivers. Like, oh, he's got next. He's got next. How is it that he's worse? Terry McLaurin ain't worse a player. He still gets open. He still does the same things. He's not hurt. How is he worse? There's only one thing that could possibly be. He actually got more help. Curtis Samuel's there. John Dotson was playing well early. He got worse as a player because Carson Wentz is the quarterback. That is a problem. They need to bench Carson Wentz immediately. I don't care if it's Taylor Heineke. I don't care if it's Sam Howell. And I'm not saying those guys are the answer. But we have now seen that Carson Wentz is not the answer. What are you trading for Carson Wentz for? Because I know it's not 99 yards. And a twelve to seven win over the Chicago Bears. That's not what you're looking for. A gifted, a Bo Raps twelve to seven win. Because yeah, Lewis Jones yeah. don't drop that punt and on the on the damn six. I, I don't know that they win that game. It was not. It was not. The Bears good. beat like, themselves. They yeah. really did. They really did. And even with 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 Ron with Ron Rivera said, I, I'll give you this. I think that actually came from the fact that he felt bad that he's probably the reason Carson Wentz got all this this week because what he said was true and he knows it's true, but. He was hoping it wouldn't open up Pandora's box for seven days straight. And newsflash, it's been for about two and a half years because Carson Wentz, since he left the Eagles, all eyes has been on him because he said, basically, in less words or maybe more, that he needed a new start. Philadelphia wasn't a place for him. They weren't doing right by him. I'm ad-libbing, obviously. And he went to the Colts, a team that everybody looked at, had the defense, needed the quarterback, had an offensive line, needed a quarterback. 
Carson Wentz was supposed to be that guy, and he made them worse as well. That defense carried them to what should have been a playoff berth, and Carson Carson Wentz almost, almost single-handedly ruined that dream for them. There was a lot into it, but we can put the blame there. Comes to Washington, more weapons. A team that two years ago we loved their defense. Last year they kind of slipped off. A team two or three years ago had one of the best offensive lines that kind of slipped off. You have weapons. You've seen what you can do against Jacksonville, and they've shown to be a better team. And since that day, it has been nothing but trending downward. And I'm sorry, the blame goes behind center in number 12, Carson Wentz. There's a lot to this team that needs to be fixed, but it starts there. And if, the if you don't the look at it, the writing was you on talk the wall. about how you have a competition with Nick Foles, the writing's on the wall. You talked about Al Michaels not being invested in this game. The best, the, the most I heard him excited was when he was talking about Dan Snyder selling the team. This team needs a rebuild from the top down. I from said that last night. Room, I was okay. like, I, I, I said that last night. I was like, dude, I think this is the most excited Al Michaels has been all game long. Like this has been his like highlight of his night is to take the shot at, at Dan Snyder. Like that, that was, this is it. Yeah. This, no, is no, this, is, this is the highlight. This is peak right now. And, and that, that's, that's what happened. Um, yeah, you're a joke. Yeah, they are. Uh, one other bit of headline news that we, that I would just want to touch on and really just bring up here. Uh, there has been a new civil lawsuit filed against quarterback Deshaun Watson. Uh, the woman says that Watson pressured her into some stuff that I'm not going to mention uh, in 2020 during a massage. Uh, in oh, December now we're a show. <laughs> he, just, he said fuck like three minutes into the show. <laughs> and now we're a censored show. Can't say oral sex on the show. Yes, the woman <laughs> says Watson pressured her into oral sex in 2020, December of 2020 during a massage. Uh, it's just another uh, lawsuit now filed against Deshaun Watson. Uh, not sure that if that uh, plays a part in his return. That's uh, actually in a few weeks uh, now into the NFL. Uh, but just more stuff to pile on the Deshaun Watson train. Um, it's not going to end anytime soon, ladies and gentlemen. Not going to end anytime soon with Deshaun Watson. But he'll be back on the field uh, to kick off, what, the second week in December? Or second week in November, we'll see him on the field. Um but just another lawsuit now filed against Deshaun Watson. That does it, though, for our morning headlines. Aaron, it is time for the injury report. All right, all right, it's time for the injury report. We will get through this pretty quickly so we can get into these game previews for the AFC. James Conner, Daryl Williams, the running back um, in the running backs in Arizona, uh, both mispracticed on Thursday. James Conner dealing with that rib injury. Daryl Williams is likely out with that knee injury anyways on Sunday. Expect some more of Eno Benjamin. If James Conner can't go, expect Eno to get the full workload. Rashad Bateman is questionable. His knee injury uh, for Baltimore. We'll see if they have him back or if it's going to be Devin Duvernay, Dylan's guy for, for a while. Uh, T Higgins was not present at Bengals practice on Thursday, still dealing with an ankle injury. He tried to go last week. We'll see if he tries to go this week, uh, but it's been keeping him out for, for a couple of weeks now. Micah Parsons, we saw him pull up with that growing injury and say, I didn't care. It doesn't matter. I'm still going to get the game winning sack fumble. Um, he was limited on Thursday. I do not expect him to miss the game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Micah Parsons is just that dude. So I uh, expect him to be on the field. Jonathan Taylor was limited. He does have a chance to play on Sunday with that ankle injury for the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, they're going to need him. Um, Deion Jackson and, and Philip Lindsay ran the ball pretty well last week, but they're not Jonathan Taylor. So um, 
they're going to be looking to get him back. Keenan Allen's been out for a while, still out with that hamstring injury. He was limited. So who knows if he's going to be back this week. Hopefully they get him back on the field. And then big news for the Philadelphia Eagles. Jordan Mailata has a chance to play on Sunday. And I mentioned him yesterday saying that he was going to might be out. They're saying he has a chance to play on Sunday. Uh, that will be huge for the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line against that Dallas Cowboys pass rush. Yeah, that matchup's going to be huge. And to protect Jalen Hurts is going to be the key. Uh, that does it, though, for our injury report, our morning headlines, and our Thursday night recap. Let's get into some matchups. That's right. It is time to get into some matchups here, and we're kicking things off with the New England Patriots traveling to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Both teams at two and three. The Browns are favorites in this game with two, by two and a half points with an over under of 43 and a half. Aaron, there is no place we start. We, we don't start Patriots games off anywhere else. But talking about that says the Cowboys and Eagles, that's wrong. Uh, we don't start this off anywhere else uh, but Bailey Zappi here. He has come in and replaced Mac Jones. Uh, oh, is, for one. <laughs> yeah, that's that, That's me just, yeah, really blow, screwing the okay. pitch here. Um, right. I really hope the predictions graphics are not wrong, but I'm pretty sure they are. Um, yeah, actually, they're right. Great. Uh, Bailey Zappi, second career start. Aaron, what do you expect to see from the Zapster here in start number two? Um, yeah, uh, I, I don't know what to expect, but I expect much of what we've seen from game one. I think he's going to be smart with the football because I think that's what Bill Belichick in this offense kind of breeds from a quarterback. So I don't expect a lot of turnovers or anything. He has the arm talent. And we've talked about, um, is there a real difference between him and Mac Jones? To be honest, I think he's a little bit more athletic than Mac Jones. I think his arm talent is even a little bit better. He's not as accurate, um, but I do think he has the arm talent. I I expect him to play like Bailey Zappi. Like, like I really do. I expect him to play like, play like Bailey Zappi. Um, I love the graphic. Listen, Bailey Zappi did a lot in college. And I get it was a smaller school, but he was – like he threw the ball around the yard. This is not a guy that's inexperienced in throwing. This is not for like for Vinny would say like a Trey Lance where he didn't throw the ball a lot. And we're not sure of what he's capable with his arm. Like we saw this guy fling the football around. Um, now it's just about being smart in the NFL, understanding schemes, understanding concepts, getting to your reads, knowing your hot routes, things like that. And I think with a team that lacks weapons on the outside, if they keep it simple, which New England's offense, it's it's damn, it's simple. It's not Brady's offense anymore. Um, I think there could be some success. So I expect a, I expect a good day from him. I'm not saying he's going to be some world beater. I'm not going to say he's going to go out there and he's going to throw, you know, 5,000 yards and all this stuff, but it's, it's, it's the Cleveland Browns. Um, they have talent, but they can be had. We've seen teams, you know, move the ball in them. They just got rid of their, I believe they just got rid of their defensive coordinator. Um, if I'm not mistaken and, and bring it and brought in somebody or bringing in somebody else. So I, I, yeah, I think he'll have a good day. I like some zappy. All hail the zapster, not anything flashy in terms of the stat category, but I do, but just enough to, to keep them afloat. And maybe where's the quarterback competition in new England start Bailey zappy over Mac Jones. That's going to start coming up now. If he can do well here, um, AJ on the Brown side of things, uh, they lost last week to the Chargers in a, in a tight matchup. It was exactly what we thought the game would look like. Lots of running, uh, but it came down to Jacoby Brissett. 
And uh, now facing his former team in the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick seems to find a way to neutralize your best player on offense. And that's Nick Chubb for this team. Do you think, uh, do you think the Browns can overcome that? And how, but really, how do you see the Browns finding a way to win this game if they neutralize Nick Chubb? really hoping you were going to ask the question the way you typed it, but that's okay. It's pretty much uh, the same thing. I just worded it different. Yeah. Well, the answer was going to be protection if you asked it the way you worded it, but uh, it's still the same answer. Uh, protection. That's how they stop this defense. That's how they stop what New England's going to be best at. You get that. You you win this game in the trenches because what you do is by running the ball. And if they have to take care of the run game, honestly, that makes New England's defense feel a little bit more comfortable because they already are comfortable and confident in their secondary. They've made some opportunistic plays. Maybe they're not the absolute best at it, but their defense has been trending up each single week. Now, Nick Chubb is not somebody that you just stop. Um, Nick Chubb is somebody you temper. But then you have to deal with Kareem Hunt. So everything everything for the Browns is pointing that they can still run their game plan and still, I won't say have their way with this defense, uh, but still feel comfortable within their game plan and their identity. Run the ball through Nick Chubb, get Kareem Hunt in there to spell and do what he does best, and that allows Jacoby Brissett, a guy who knows this uh, knows this Patriots team a little bit, where he came up in shorts a little different now, but uh, allows him to be the balanced game manager that he is. He's going to make some plays with Amari Cooper. He's going to make some plays with Donovan Peoples-Jones, undoubtedly in my opinion. Uh, but this game, like many, for teams that one on the Patriots are defensive team and two on the Browns is a running team, this game takes place in the trenches. Yeah, and this would be good. I, I just wanted to clarify, um, Joe Woods was not fired yet. He's been under pressure by the Browns. Um to get things right yeah. defensively. He was not fired. It was the Carolina Panthers defense coordinator who was right. who was fired. Well, I mean, I understand why he's under under the microscope. I mean, this is a defense. This defense, and we say it on paper, has a lot of talent. I've raved about their secondary for two years now because I thought it would come to fruition by now. And they've just been very inconsistent. It's going to allow a guy like Bailey Zappi to feel comfortable if he can get a delay a game touchdown two weeks in a row. That would be very nice for Bailey Zappi. And this is the defense that that can happen on. Yeah, I threw a little shade. <laughs> just a little yeah i i think that uh nick chubb nick chubb nick chubb cream hunt. hunt nick chubb nick chubb <laughs> nick chubb that's that's it right there that that's it right there um okay let's get into predictions then aj who you got uh i am actually going to take the patriots in this one i think they uh escape with the win 24 to 20 okay all right aaron yeah, this one this one's a tough one for me because I I do like Belichick against just teams like this. I think this is the games the Patriots win, but I'm going with the Browns here. I think the running game prevails. I think the Browns win 23-17. I think like you just mentioned, it's a lot of Nick Chubb, it's a lot of Kareem Hunt, Jacoby Brissett going a revenge game against the Patriots. Um, going up against that defense, I really like the Amari Cooper matchup. He cooks everybody, especially in man coverage. Ask J.C. Jackson, but uh, I think Cleveland's team is good. They struggle in some in some situations, some games that cost them games. But I think this game is close. I think it's low scoring, and I think Cleveland finds a way to pull it out at home. 23-17. I am on the side of the Patriots here. Uh, I think the Patriots end up winning this game 19-14. to I think it's a very low-scoring game. I don't think it's a very clean game uh, from either team. I think – I guess I am leaning heavily into the Bill Belichick narrative of, of stopping your number one guy, keying in on that. And like Aaron said, though, Amari Cooper is still a, is a great play. Like, he 
he torches dudes and Jacoby Brissett has been known to find him. And that could be a big factor in this game, but I just have a hard time uh, putting my faith in Jacoby Brissett. Um, he's been, he's been, he's done a good job in Cleveland. He's been keeping them afloat and doing exactly what they need to do before or do exactly what he needs to do before Deshaun Watson comes back. Uh, but in this game, I just, I don't know. I guess I'm riding with that narrative that Bailey Zappi is going to push for the, for the starting, not push realistically for the starting job, but make this thing interesting and get his second win uh, with New England Patriots. <laughs> they win this one 19 uh, to 14. The next game on our list is the Jacksonville Jaguars at two and three traveling to Indianapolis to take on the Colts at two, two and one. Uh, this is a game between two teams that, uh, well, one team that's really been struggling and grinding it out and trying to figure out their own things in the Colts and the Jaguars coming off of a loss against the Houston Texans. Uh, the Colts are favored in this game by two points with an over under of 42. Uh, AJ with the, with the, with the Jaguars last week, uh, and the loss 13 to six, what did you see from that? And, and how did the Jaguars bounce back in this game? Uh, they need to get back on top of the turnover battle. I mean, that's that's been something that's been an issue, the way they've been turning the ball over over the past two weeks. You look back when they uh, were winning games, the Jaguars in week two and three, and they were a plus five in the turnover margin. In the past two weeks, they are minus six in the last two losses. You look at Trevor Lawrence, who's someone we were excited about, uh, who we still know has all the talent in the world, just has to kind of put it all together. We watched him lose the ball, four fumbles against the Eagles, three interceptions over the past two weeks. That can't happen against a Colts team um, that has some things to play for, if you will, uh, especially in a division matchup where the Colts are <laughs> know that they got out of got a win they really didn't deserve. I think they're going to come in a little bit stronger. So Trevor Lawrence has to be aware of what's going on against who he's about to play in these guys and Stephon Gilmore and that defense. Uh, and then I love Travis Etienne. I love James Robinson. Me and me and uh, Aaron had a very good conversation about these running backs on the fantasy drive. If you missed it. Uh, go check it out. But one thing that I remember us talking about was you didn't draft Travis Etienne to replace James Robinson. You drafted it so they could play off of one, each, uh, one another. And so far, now over the past couple of weeks, that Travis Etienne's been getting the snaps and James Robinson has been downgraded, if you will. I think they need to find a way to make their two skill sets work well together. Uh, because if, if, if you don't have to worry about both of them, this pass game is not going to open back up uh, the way we expect it to. Well, there there is one problem with with all that. This this offensive staff did not draft James or, or did draft Travis Etienne. But I do understand what you're saying. I do I do like that what you said because we're seeing it in Dallas right now. We're we're seeing we're seeing it with the Cowboys and what they're doing with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. That's like the exact recipe right there that you need to implement in in Jacksonville with your Travis Etienne and your James Robinson. Um I think, and, and it's huge for the growth of, of Trevor Lawrence as well. You're giving him that extra pad in the back um, that, that allows him to say, okay, now I can be free, a little bit more free uh, when it comes to passing, and it makes defenses have to consider that run. On the Colts side of things, Aaron, last week they had that thrilling Thursday night football game against the Broncos that they ended up squeaking out the win. Obviously, not a whole lot of great to take away from that game, but there has to be something, right? There, there has to be something. What did the Colts do right in that game that you think they need to carry over to this game? Or is it just something that, like, they didn't do anything right and they got to start somewhere? What, what, yeah. what do the Colts need to do in this game to get the win, basically? That game is, is exactly what last night's game was. Like, the team that won the game, the, the Colts didn't 
have really anything positive coming out of the game other than they won the game. Same, similar to the commanders did last night. Um, obviously, Jonathan Taylor being on the field is a huge part of what the Colts want to do, and they want to be this run-first football team. But to me, they have to fix this offensive line. They have to get that right because Matt Ryan is a statue. And if you have a statue at quarterback and you can't protect him, it's going to force him to be in like mistake and turnover prone. So it's what we've seen. Colts leading the league in turnovers and stuff like that. That's a problem. You can't turn the football over. First of all, we've seen this matchup. We saw this matchup a couple of weeks ago, and it wasn't close. It was an absolute embarrassment of the Indianapolis Colts. Yes, it was in Jacksonville. But this Jacksonville defense isn't getting worse. This Jacksonville defense is fifth in the league in scoring or in scoring defense, only allowing 16 points a game. They're doing exactly what I expected them to do this week or this year um, defensively, which is be the most improved defense in the NFL. And they're creating turnovers. They're flying around the football. They're young. They have energy. It's a different face of what Jacksonville's used to. Well, really since the Jalen Ramsey days of the 2017 year. So I think the Colts are going to have to come in and find a way to establish the run. In a matter of, I think, two weeks, the Jaguars went from one of the worst run defenses to a top 10 run defense, like by yards per, like yards allowed. Like that's how quick it happened because there was a, a little bit of a sample size. They're now not giving up as many rush yards. They've only, they're only giving up, what, a little less than 100 yards a game on the ground, which is top 10 in the NFL. This defense is better than they've been in a long time. The Colts have to find a way to run the football, control the clock, and then on defense, put pressure on Trevor Lawrence and put make him feel uncomfortable to make to make mistakes. But with no Shaq Leonard, uh, it's hard to do. We can gauge the Colts' defense on the on the Broncos, but their offense wasn't really doing much. Um, so it, it's going to be tough for the Colts here. I'm not I'm not sold that this Colts defense or this Colts team is going to bounce back. I really don't like what I've seen from their offense. I think it's huge to get Jonathan Taylor back. Obviously, when you get one of the best players in the game back, that's a that's a big addition. Um, but we've seen it in the past. We saw with with what Damian Harris was able to do last week, and we saw the week prior when the Eagles were able to run on the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know you said their rush defense has been good, but over the past two weeks, it has not been all that great. A lot of missed tackles. A lot of uh, that's the way you're that you're going to be able to. I, not necessarily that's the way you're going to be able to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, but that's the way the Colts should be winning games. Talk about hero ball and Matt Ryan. I don't think Matt Ryan's out here trying to do too much. The offensive line has not been able to protect him, and he's also a statue back there, like you said. But it is going to be huge for them to get back into the ground and pound, give Jonathan Taylor the ball, and then let Matt Ryan just throw it when he needs to throw it uh, rather than just throwing it all, all the time in the, in the, in the, in the game. You didn't think that the, now the Philly game was obviously because it was a slop fest and that was that was that was tough. And I thought they defended the run really well against the Texans. Like they had, yeah, there was there was a couple of runs where Damian Pierce was hard to tackle, got loose. But if you told me at the end of the day that a number one back's going twenty seven carries for barely hundred yards, I'll take yeah. that. It's, your offense didn't move the ball, so yeah, there's no, going to be twenty seven carries. Eventually, those that, numbers are going to add up. That's they're not giving up seven yards per carry on like that. That's, that's what I'm worried about is getting gashed on the ground. That's what demoralizes a team. But if no, yeah, and that's 27 carries for 99 yards. I'll sign up for that every day of the week. Yeah. They're not getting gashed. Like they used to when Derrick Henry used to just stiff arm everyone and go for 99 on one play. Like that's not happening with the Jaguars <laughs> team anymore. But uh, I do think that, that they can be ran on. I think that Jonathan Taylor can have success against this defense. Um, and also, I, you brought up the little note, and we'll get into our predictions after this. Um, the, the fact that 
the defense the defense was on the field a whole lot for the Jacksonville Jaguars because this offense was like that that's the key really to beating this Jaguars team right now is making that offense the Jaguars offense just turn the ball over turnovers on downs like get them off the field and control this game on, on offense for the Colts that's the key because this defense got that's what happened that's what happened with the Texans last week they weren't like scoring a lot they only scored 13 points the defense did good for the Jags but they were on the field so much and they just, you just wear them down. That's what can be had in this game. Um, I do though. I do lean the Jaguars here. Uh, I, I'm going to go with the Jaguars 26, 23. I think it's a closer game. I think Jonathan Taylor does make a difference and keeps it tight. Um, but the Jaguars get the win. I think the Jaguars sweep the Colts uh, th- this time this year, um, which hasn't happened in a while. I'll have to go back and look at the stat. Hopefully it happens. Um, but the Jaguars do win this game 26-23 in my eyes. Bounce back day for Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson on the offensive side. I think they get Christian Kirk involved a little bit more. Uh, we've seen him struggle the past two weeks. Again, the Eagles game is a slop fest, but not a great week from him last week. I think Christian Kirk back, bounces back. Jaguars offense bounces back 26-23. Aaron? Oh, you must have said Maybe something not. to me. I froze. You guys yeah, got to recognize good, good my freeze. You guys got to recognize my freeze moments. And AJ, you got to jump in. Um, I thought I saw it, but literally well, right no, when you asked me, you moved so, right and immediately. All, so I'm like, oh, he's good. <laughs> also, normally when like we send it to you or you freeze or something, you, your words follow very quickly. And like, well, I, I didn't know who you were sending it to next because you hadn't finished yeah, your, your soliloquy about how the Jaguars are going to win. Um, before yeah. <laughs> before I heard, yeah. So, anyways, I'll I'll, I'll go my nine next. I also have the Jags. I have them thirty one sixteen. There's no way the Colts are scoring twenty three points. Um, this Colts offense is bad. Matt Ryan's a statue. They can't block. Uh, despite Jacksonville's defense being on the field a lot on last game, they still almost doubled the yardage of the Houston Texans. They just could not find ways to score points. I think that's different this week. Um, they. Jag- the Jaguars are still for real. The Jaguars are still good football team. I still think they have a chance to get into the playoffs this year um, because of that defense. I, again, I told you at the beginning of the season, they are young, so they are going to lose games that they should win just because of some young mistakes and stuff like that. 31-16 Jaguars sweep the Colts for the first time when Vinny tells you how long it's been. Yep, yeah, looks like we uh, got a three-way here. I am also going with the Jags. It's not gay. Ew, ew. Let's remove. Oh, whoa! You removed him. Oh, wow. Oh my. Now it's now it's just a two-way. Got me in the corner watching. You guys suck. Um, <laughs> I got the I got the Jags. Uh, I I think this will be a low game. Um, I expect some of the turnover problems to continue on the Jaguar side of the ball. Yeah, I'm going with some Scorigami here. 18, 14. When was the last? You know what? Go ahead. Go Scorigami here. Keep yeah, probably. I'm guessing. I, I don't oh, actually come on. know that. Oh, come on. You like can't it. just say it's a Scorigami and not yeah, know because, if it's a Scorigami. But then I would have gone and researched the Scorigami score. And be like, I want that one. That's not what you, I did. You've I had this like prediction was... for two days. Yeah, but I wasn't dwelling on it. I'm not a Jaguar fan like you. You're probably sitting at home like, man, that 23-17 really looks good every minute, every day. I'm not. I thought that it's going to be a sloppy game for the Jags, and he's going to turn the ball over. I know it's going to be a sloppy game for Matt Ryan. He's going to fumble three more times. I know the defense of the Colts will force them into some mistakes. Stephon Gilmore's a dude. Low score, not great. 18-14. 18-14 is not a score, 18-14. See? 
1814 it's happened yeah. five times the last game that it happened actually featured the colts the last time that uh, game, a game ended uh 1814 the colts defeated the niners 18 to 14 uh november 1st in 2009 19 to 14 <laughs> that is also not a score the I, next I the closest honestly. score got me from that uh in that in that realm is 22 18 has never happened before really and wild 20 uh, and uh not really wild, actually 18 to 11 has never happened before uh, that makes are <laughs> a lot. we're not going to get into this i don't want to jump down this rabbit hole of scoregamis next game on our list is the minnesota vikings traveling to miami to take on the vikings we always talk about how hard it is to travel to take on the dolphins in miami around this time of year uh the vikings though are favored three points with an over under 45 and a half uh the dolphins without Tua tonga in this game without teddy bridgewater skylar thompson will be starting for the dolphins aaron you've been critical of the dolphins over the past week dropping them farther and farther down on your power rankings uh is this another game similar to last week where it was a like obviously it's not the jets like the vikings are a good team but what are you looking for out of this Dolphins team against against the Vikings? A much better opponent now with Skylar Thompson at quarterback. I don't know what I would say. It's a much better opponent than the New York Jets. I think this is a different game. Uh, you get two teams that don't know each other very well, right? It's out of a conference game. Um, it's going to be tough for Minnesota to come into Miami. I think it's a tough game for Minnesota. I, I Regardless of who's at quarterback for Miami, I think that when you have games like this and you're not as familiar with the team, as the Jets are with Miami, it's a little bit different. So Skylar Thompson's a new quarterback. You don't have much tape on him. How are you going to game plan for that if you're Minnesota's defense? But really, this comes down to the secondary of Miami, which has played pretty poorly thus far this season, um, but has a bunch of talented guys. And are you going to be able to stop Justin Jefferson in this new air raid offense that Minnesota's bringing? Um and, 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 you know, despite what we feel about Kirk Cousins, this game's not in prime time, so he'll probably play pretty well. And Justin Jefferson is an absolute beast. So you got Adam Thielen, a veteran, K.J. Osborne mixed in there, Irv Smith. They got weapons in Minnesota. It's going to come down to this Miami secondary, and are they going to be able to stop the offense? Uh, because they haven't played so great as of late. So it's not so much on Skylar Thompson in this game. Like, that's not – like, you're just – it's just – I'm – I, this is going to sound so bad, but like Skylar Thompson, Teddy Bridgewater, who cares? Same, same thing. Like they're both going to be in there to be game managers and get the ball into their weapons. Right. Skylar Thompson's actually played pretty well from what we've seen of him in NFL action. The The rest of the, the rest of the game he played in and then the preseason, he was lights out. And again, I get it. It's preseason. We're not jumping, you know, for joy over him, but we, we haven't seen him, like, shit the bed. It's not like we've watched him play like Kellen Mond or somebody. So uh, <laughs> so I, I think there's something there. I think he's capable of being a game manager and just getting – I mean, you got Jalen Waddle, Raheem Moster, Chase Edmonds, who's kind of in the doghouse, Tyreek Hill, get it to your weapons. Cedric Wilson, if you're Vinny, Trent Shurfield. Um, but, yeah, just get it to your weapons and, and good things will happen. That was only for Teddy. That was only for Teddy. With Skylar Thompson, oh, there's God. not – I'm not – I can't do it. I can't, I can't go in. That's that's why that that's that's the only reason why Trent Sherfield's not a thing because it's not Teddy. Um, oh, okay. AJ on the Viking side, you've been high on them uh, this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been high on them re- as of late, as of late from this season and last season. What you what you look like that for? You have been high on them, have you not? No, he just he's, yeah, a, he's been high on that offense. That's been the argument. We've <laughs> <heard of this laughs> I'm saying, he's, been, 
You've been high on we them. We had a conversation like, that offense. Kevin O'Connell might do more for the offense. And then anytime we talk about the Vikings, I've been very truthful about what Kirk Cousins has been, what Justin Jefferson is and probably will be. But I get what you're trying to do, so I'm going to just, you know, just just take it down a notch. Just, just so take no it down no inaccurate notch. statements here. No lies have been told Lots right now. Uh, the Vikings, <laughs> though, sleeping. are on a three-game win streak, and in their three games, they're all uh, all of those games they trailed in the fourth quarter. Uh, do you expect them to be trailing much in this game? What do you expect from this offense? What do you want to see from them in a game where they're they're favored and it's in Miami? This is the best damn offense in the – no, I'm kidding. Uh, look, I, I, actually, it's not, it's not the offense that I have much to see from. I expect it to look like we've always seen it. A lot of passes to Justin Jefferson in the first half. Adam Thielen's getting back his end zone identity. Dalvin Cook, KJ Osborne, we mentioned the weapons. Aaron, Aaron put it out so eloquently. Um, it's more about this defense because Miami has a good offense. The only question mark is their quarterback, Skylar Thompson, in his first start. You mentioned the preseason. I'll tell you about what Aaron Rodgers said about the preseason where you're watching a lot of basic, basic schemes from teams, and anybody can look good in the preseason. Not to take anything away from Skylar Thompson, but I don't expect it to be like that in this game. Skylar Thompson or not, this is the regular season. Minnesota is on their best start in about three, four, five years. Um, a three-game win streak, and they want to keep it going by any means possible. So I expect his defense to throw things at a rookie that he's not prepared for. I expect him to disguise up different blitzes. I expect him to get after the quarterback and force him into mistakes. If Skylar Thompson is not able to get the ball out quickly and allow these weapons like a Jalen Waddle and a Tyree Kill to do what they do best at the end uh, after they get the ball in their hands, a uh, Raheem Moser who's been playing very well to this point and knock 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 is uh, healthy still. Um, it's going to be a tough day for him, and I expect Minnesota to to be on their head on the on the defensive side of the ball. It, it's the one time when you can look really, really good as a defense. Uh, you're gonna to have to you're gonna to have to show up. Yeah, we, we, I think I think what like what I'm highlighting here that I, I have to that I want to see in a game where obviously it's Skylar Thompson at quarterback is how do you neutralize Tyreek Hill and how do you neutralize Jalen Waddle. Because that, like, we talked all the offseason about this Vikings defense. That's the story with this team. It's not the offense. We know this offense is good. We've seen what this offense can do. But it's the defense, and it's specifically the secondary as of, as of late. Last week, they were able to – the secondary came up clutch. Can't, wham, bam, Cam Dantzler was able to, to win them this, the, the ball game by snatching it out of uh, Marpet, Marset, Marchette, whatever his name is. He pulled it out of his hands. They were able to win the game. The secondary made a play there. They have to make plays against this uh, against this offense with with weapons like Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. That's what I'm really watching for. How does Patrick Peterson? How does how does Cam Dancer? How does this secondary uh, play against the weapons that that uh, that Miami has? This is unreal. <clears throat> Come on, guys. Neutralizing Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle for a team that hasn't neutralized anybody that hasn't had any talent. Like, look Hence at who they why we're played. watching for it. The Chicago Bears, the New Orleans Saints, the, the Detroit Lions. These are the receivers that the Minnesota Vikings have had to play over the past three weeks. They've given up 24, 25, 22 points to these teams. And now you're bringing in Tyree Hill and Jalen Waddle. We've seen what happened when they played real good receivers, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, and they got steamrolled. I, well, that's, that's the point. That's 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 I'm not saying I'm not saying it can happen. That's why I'm saying I, I'm, I'm not even talking what, to you. I'm talking to AJ who oh. said this is what he's looking at because they because Skyler Thompson. 
what I'm looking no, for. No, 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 no. Yes, you, that's exactly you said this is what, what you expect because they're playing Skylar Thompson. And anybody yes. can anybody can play well in the preseason. Well, I just brought up a name you can't. His name was Kellen Mond. He couldn't play well in the preseason because he did. So not man, everybody that, can that play well in the preseason. That man and don't to your point, it. to your point, this is where the genius. <laughs> this is where the the, the 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 genius now, the boy genius, whatever, Mike McDaniels comes into play. His job is to make sure that that ball gets in the hand of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle very early. So Skylar Thompson doesn't have to read defenses like that. And if there's any team that can read bubble screens, reverses, without even your quarterback having to do anything, that's the situation you want to be in. You want to be able to put in them. Now, I'm not saying Skylar Thompson's going to be perfect, but Minnesota's defense has shown me zero. Zero as far as me trusting them. They could not stop the Bears. The Bears came back. The Bears. And we watched them last night who That's couldn't move the ball in the trash-ass commanders. So I don't buy That's it. That's divisional. Uh, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I just Let's, don't so, buy it. All I'm saying, I expect this defense to find ways to confuse Skyler Thompson. Do I expect it to work? That's to be seen. That's what I'm getting at. And when you have this opportunity, you have a guy back there. And yeah, you're right. Mike McDaniel, he's very good at what he does, quote unquote. <laughs> um, they they have to find ways. That's the yes, expectation. You you have a quarterback out there who's making his first start, and there's one or two ways it's going to go. He's either going to be a deer in headlights or he's going to be so excited to show what he's got because now it's his time until Tua comes back that you still get hyped up, and maybe he's got a hero ball complex. I don't know. It's his first start. With this defense, that front seven, they need to find ways to protect their, their secondary and get after the quarterback. That's all I want. That's all I want to know. If you find ways to get the ball in Tyreek Hill's hands, it's going to go well for you. I don't know that Skylar Thompson can find ways to get it in the hands of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and Raheem Moster and uh, not Chase Evans and Amike Kosicki. Like that that's that's what I'm worried about. That's what I'm getting at. So you're right. The Minnesota defense isn't been like, oh man, look at the way they're trending. But hey, there's a any roll into given your prediction. Sunday. Hurry up and pick any the Vikings. Given right? Sunday. I will pick the Vikings and I'll pick it very easily. They're 31 to 17. This offense gonna roll. Vinny, Aaron. you're confusing. Why is the pick on this side now? Because the over-unders on the left. But what it, the it, picks on the it's other been side like that here? every it's you, been like that all up. last show. It switches you up depending up. on where the over under is. I can't stack it on top of the over under. It would cover oh. up someone's face or be extremely small. I got you. That's cool. Okay. Yeah, it is um, cool. Anyways, so this, I this is very Dolphin. cool. I have the Dolphins in this one. Um, <laughs> 27 24. Because I picked the <laughs> Dolphins? No, because you're. <laughs> Trying to call out my graphic. That's I was that's asking, right. fool. Yeah, you're going to try asking. and call me out on consistency. I know where I, you're. No, going I was asking why is it on one side and then the other, and you gave me an answer, and I said okay. Not everything's a shot at you, Vinny. Just because I shoot to take shots at you during football conversations. <laughs> Anyways, not because every everything, not because all the time I take shots at you, but yeah, I take shots at you about the football the stuff, not about the graphic stuff. I was asking a question. Anyways, <laughs> shut your mouth when you're talking to me. 27-24, Miami Dolphins. I think that um, at home, big difference. I also think the weapons get involved, and I think they bounce back. I think they find a way to beat Minnesota. I, Minnesota's good, but um, on the road, uh, I'm, not, I'm not feeling that. I think Dolphins get the home win. 
that that's what I thought about heavily in this one because the Dolphins are on an eight game home win streak. It's tough to play in Miami. Uh, with that being said, streaks are meant to be broken. 24, 20 Minnesota Vikings. They find a way to win in this game. I think it ends up being a close game at the end and it's going to be another fourth quarter comeback uh, from the Vikings, which we've seen a lot of. Uh, give me the Vikings here at 24 to 20. The next game on our list is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. And this is not your Tom Brady versus Ben Roethlisberger matchup. Sadly, this is Tom Brady versus Kenny baby hands picket. Uh, the Bucks are eight point favorites in this game with an over under of 44 bucks, uh, three and two Steelers one and four heading into this matchup. Uh, it was a very, very tough week last week for the Steelers. Uh, getting smoked by the Bills. It does not get any easier uh, now that they face the Bucks. Actually, it does get easier because it's not the Bills, um, but it's still a tough matchup because it's the Bucks. Uh, Aaron, in a game like this, and I think I asked this question last week, and I'm going to ask it again. What do you want to see from the Steelers' offense, this, the young Steelers' offense of Pickett and Pickens and, uh, and, and uh, Johnson and Hare? Like, what do you want to see from them in a type of game where they, it's it's not going to be a good game script? They're going to be down. It's going to, it's tough defense. What do you look for here? Uh, I mean, right now you're, I've I've already I'm gonna be honest. I've chalked the season up for the Pittsburgh Steelers, so the season's over. They're not they're not going to the playoff. <laughs> they're not going to be Kenny Pickett at this point. So if you're looking for the you're looking for growth, you're looking for it at the quarterback position. You need to find out if this guy's going to be your future, if he's going to be your franchise. Uh, I have serious concerns about Najee Harris, and I'll say it again. Um, I don't want to say it's about Alabama, but he looks slow. He doesn't look as effective. Maybe it's the foot. Uh, he's very inefficient running back. He is. He's like no. Everybody I'm wants not. I'm not saying no to that. I'm not saying. Yeah, I was. Oh, I was okay. saying. I don't know if it's Alabama. Like what? What? Like, Alabama running backs, like it's the same thing over and over again. And I'm not saying none of all of them come out. Josh Jacobs is great. Yeah, he looks explosive. I'm just saying the type of back that Najee Harris is does not fit in today's NFL. Unless you're Derrick Henry and you're that special, it does not play. Um, it's funny when when Ezekiel Elliott looks the way he looks, we talk about a guy being washed. He looks just like Najee Harris right now. Runs into the line, gets three or four yards, physical guy, but can't really do anything explosive. And we call that guy washed. And one guy, because he's 23 years old, oh, he's, he's great. He's going to be the future. No, he's inefficient. And I have serious concerns about that. So, the offensive line is not great. Let, the offensive let me, line let, is bad there. Go ahead. Let, let me go into an – this is what I really want to talk about because it's very easy to like, like talk about how Kenny Piggy just wants to see growth. Give me an X's and O's deep dive of like specific types of plays you want to see. Like what are like for Steelers fans watching this game, knowing that they're outmatched, like what do you, what type of plays do you want to see from Kenny Pickett? What type of throw? Like, can you give it's, me it's, any types of specifics of what type of game? Yeah, you want to see I mean, from Kenny Pickett? it's not, it's not about the throws because he has the arm talent to make every throw in the league. So, you know, that coming out, when we talk about quarterbacks growth, we know what kind of throws they can make. We know a guy's arm strength. He can make NFL throws. What you want to see from a young quarterback, especially a guy like Kenny Pickett is what we asked about Justin Fields. Can you get to your secondary, your out of your primary reads and get to your secondary and your reads after the fact and be accurate and on time? That clock in your head as a quarterback has to go boom, 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 boom. And it can't, if there's a delay, if there's a, if there's a hesitation, that window is now closed. Cause in college, the windows are like this. In the NFL, the windows are like this. Like it happens that fast. 
So if your first read is not there, you can't sit and wait because if you sit and wait on your first read, guess what happens when you turn to your second read? Now it's too late for your second read or your third read. And it just goes, and then you're sacked or then you're throwing the ball away or then you're forcing it and you're turning the football over. So the decision-making and his instincts have to be quick. It has to be boom, boom, boom. It's not there. Check it down. It's got to be boom, boom. Oh, second read's there. Throw it. Like the decision-making has to be quick. And that just comes with experience. Sometimes he's going to be on time. Sometimes he's not. But the more he plays, the, the better idea we'll get of whether he's able to make those adjustments. Some guys never make those adjustments. And that's when they're busts. And other guys, they can process that information and say, okay, now I see it. Now I know what to do and get better in the future. He's going to make mistakes, but you want to see that progression as we go on. And um, I, I, I have the, I have the bucks in this one. Obviously, I don't think that, uh, I don't think they're very, I don't think the Steelers are very good. I have them 33, 17 bucks, and uh, Tom Brady is going to get some points. Steelers defense hasn't looked great. Loud all that to the Jets. Uh, bucks 33, 17. And uh, I, yeah, I got the Bucks as well, but I'm closer to the spread. Uh, I think it's a late game falling to the end zone for the Steelers. Give me 28-20, Tampa Bay. I do not have it close at all. I feel disrespectful <laughs> in a way to Mike Tomlin, but I, I don't, I don't have faith in this offensive scoring that much, that many points. 27 to 10 uh, is my final score here for uh, the Bucks. Obviously, winning here, but Steelers. You're just. Time to, time to rebuild. Time to make stuff happen. It's not going to be a, a fun game against Tampa. Next game on our list, it's the showdown that we've all been waiting to talk about. It's the Buffalo Bills taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. This matchup, battle of two 4-1 and one teams, rematch of their thrilling AFC playoff game last year. Uh, the Bills are favorited in the, favorites in this game uh, by 2.5 points with an over-under of 54. 54! points here in this matchup uh this is the first time we talked about it on thursday i believe that this is the first time that patrick Mahomes is ever a home dog uh in, in his career the bills are no slouch though this is there's a good reason why uh the bills are favored in this game um aaron your thoughts on the spread here the the two and a half point favorites for the bills because we talk about on the road, what? What do you what do you want to talk about with this game? You're gonna ask me about the damn spread and not the game. Come yeah. on, Vincent Milani. What do you want to talk about? You can go ahead and talk about whatever you want to talk about with this game. This is a this is a free this roaming game because it's gonna be a fun guy. I want to talk about this guy. See this this guy, this guy right here. Uh the disrespect, and I'm I'm going to steal this because I thought this was one of the best takes I have heard. Uh, what's that guy's name? He used to be like come and talk to Callan Cowherd. I forget his name, but he talked about the disrespect and the people talking about Josh Allen and the rivalry between him and Patrick Mahomes and all this stuff. And he said, there's no rivalry here. Mahomes has got all the accolades. Mahomes is the only one that's won the MVP. Mahomes is the only one that's won a Super Bowl. Mahomes is the only one that's won a Super Bowl MVP. He's the only one that's beaten Josh Allen in the playoffs consistently. He's the only like, – he owns everything, and he has the numbers to back it up. I don't know what the conversation is. But the Patrick Mahomes conversation is where it's at. He is great. This is this is a quarterback that is disrespected in his greatness. And it's so hard to hear people talk about Josh Allen the way they do right now, including myself, because he's playing so good. But it's like we forget what Patrick Mahomes has done. And we forget where he's at in his career compared to every other quarterback in the NFL outside of Thomas Brady. And that's because Thomas Brady is 83 years old. There is nothing like this man on the planet right now. And he consistently shows why he's the best. 
This game right here is going to be a, a I just want to marvel in this game. I want to sit and I want to watch and I'm going to I'm going to hopefully just lean back in my chair although I got to be at the the Falcons game so I don't know how I'm going to do this. I might be in Atlanta all night because then the Cowboys play the Sunday night game. I don't know, but I am well, going is, to is, what time is the Falcons game tomorrow on Sunday? One o'clock. This yeah. is a four o'clock game. You may be able. Well, yeah. you're obviously yeah, no, still going to be. There. I got to do a stand up. I got to get get in the car. I got to drive back. Like so, I'm I mean, debating watch on the ride home. No, 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 no. See, this is what I nah. said. I need to be able to relax, sit back, have uh, just nice, nice environment, and enjoy this game. Because if it's anything like last year in the playoffs, it is going to be just absolutely beautiful to watch. I don't care what the spread is. I don't care what the over under is. It's just going to be beautiful to watch the two best quarterbacks in football play one another. And yes, I am all over Mahomes. He is my man crush. Patrick Mahomes is the greatest football player on the planet right now. And that's all I have to say. I love him so much. <laughs> that's kind of how that's how it is. And when you look at when you look at the matchup between when you look at the matchup between these two teams and we talk about how great they have been, uh, these two teams currently rank one and two in Super Bowl odds. Mahomes and Allen currently rank uh, one and two in MVP odds and in passing touchdowns this season. Uh, these two guys are studs. On the Bills side, AJ, how do they – I don't want to say pull off the upset because they're favored in this game, but obviously on the road, lost last year. What do the Bills need to do in this game to – Outside of stopping Patrick Mahomes, give me a give me a, a deep dive on what do you think? What do you want to see from from the Bills here? Sometimes it's that simple, Vincent. It's okay. I have a second one. It's not as simple. Stop Travis Kelsey. That's your only other option. <laughs> That's your only other option. <laughs> You're not going to stop oh, Patrick man. Mahomes. And I'll tell this, you what. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. This game, like. I'm like, okay, we're going to roll through like the shit games. Commanders, Bears, not much to talk about. Let's just shit on them and roll. And then this game with the Chiefs and Bills, I'm like, okay, well, there's going to be a lot of juice here. But there really isn't a whole lot of juice because there's so much good. Like this, just the, it's, there's no, there's no easy questions teams. of how do you stop Patrick Mahomes? You don't. How do you stop Josh Allen? You don't. You just don't. <laughs> you let them score their 54 total points, probably even more. This game might reach 60 total points. That's probably what we're going to see here. That's what happens. I guess the real question is, is which defender, I'm going to ask you both this, both this question, and then we'll get into predictions. Give me one defender in this game that we're talking about on, on Monday. Ooh. For me, um, I'm going to go, oof. It's so easy to go to a Chiefs side for me, but I'm going to go with Jordan Poyer. Uh, I, I, I've loved the way he's played recently. Uh, I don't want to say ball hawking safety, but he's starting to have those little tendencies this season. He seems to always be around the ball. I'm not saying he's attacking and picking off everything coming his way or anything, but you see the ball thrown up in the air. When the, when the play is said and done, Jordan Poyer's around it. Uh, I think he has, enough, he has enough to affect some of what Patrick Mahomes and his offense wants to do to an extent. Uh, make a couple nice third down stops, uh, but other than that, uh, it's you know like we just we just gave all the praise in the world of both offenses. But yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with Jordan Poyer. Well, ho hopefully Jordan Poyer plays in this game. Yeah, he might not really. Play, so. Yeah, that's that's the big <laughs> thing. Really? Well, he didn't play last week. No, yeah, he didn't play last week. He's battling a rib injury. He was seen at practice yesterday in a red non-contact jersey. So that is a thing. That. Great analysis, Trash. Alfonso Johnson. Matt Milano. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Same um, thing. <laughs> for for me, for me, it's actually easy. And it's, you know, maybe it's the low-hanging fruit. It's Chris Jones. When Chris Jones plays well on the Kansas City defensive line and creates pressure and bats down balls, um, that is when Kansas City's defense is at their best. I think the the key to getting a Josh Allen, especially guys that can move like him, is getting that pressure up the middle. And that's what Chris Jones does and Aaron Donald do better than anybody in the NFL. This is the reason why those edge rushers are nice. But then you can run up the middle as a quarterback and you're gone. When you can get pressure up the middle and force these quarterbacks to take that looping outside route, that gives the defenses, especially a defense with as much speed as Kansas City has on defense, a time to get to him. I think it limits Josh Allen's running. It's really going to be about Chris Jones getting pressure up the middle. Yeah, I, uh, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills defender here that actually will play in this game for sure. Shut up. Uh, it's Von Miller. Uh, I think that this is this is the game. This is why you bring in Von Miller. We saw it in week one when, when they played the Rams. He was a difference maker for the Bills in that game. He was in the in the backfield all the time. He wasn't maybe he wasn't always getting the sacks, but he was making a difference. And he, he showed in that Rams game for the Bills why you went out and got him. And this is the type of game here that he needs to show why you went out and got him. Patrick Mahomes has not been sacked a lot this season. Like we said earlier on in the show, when we were talking about, I think oh, I'm not even going to bring up his name. Like we said earlier on in the show, we we're talking about quarters don't do quarterbacks. Don't do well when they're pressured. That's just a plain old fact. Patrick Mahomes, he does, he does great at everything. It's tough to, to do great when you're on your back. Vaughn Miller has Patrick to step Mahomes. up here. It's, yeah, it's he very hard to, but you need you to cause chaos. But that that's so it. are you saying necessary. he's going to? Because you that was the I question, am. right? You're I, saying I, Von I, Miller's I, gonna get to Patrick Mahomes? The disrespect. Oh, damn it, damn it. No, I don't because my prediction in this game is not that. My prediction in this game is the Chiefs 31 30. So no, it's not Von Miller, but I do think he has to be a difference maker in this game. I do Jesus. think his name is gonna be talked about on Sunday. Give me the Chiefs here 31 30. It's a battle, it's a shootout. We're hitting the over here, folks. All the bad primetime games all get made up for here in this four o'clock oh. window game. We're gonna have Tony Romo, Jim Nance hyped up building this game. Chiefs. Bills, let's go. Give me the Chiefs 3130. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, sir, am also going to go with the Chiefs in a fantastic, wonderful game that's going to take all four quarters, and we're all going to be excited and forget there's ever happened. 34-31, Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, what in the world is going on here? This fucking guy. Which part? What in the world is going on here? This Which guy. part? Y'all both took the Chiefs? Oh, now y'all want to be a part of this Chiefs? Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. No, when, no, 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 no. When was I, I not? Hey, I keep receipts, brother. In 2021, the oh Vincent Milani and A.J. Johnson's were. <laughs> oh, yeah, Too we have names. some serious concerns about Too the Kansas names. City Chiefs. Excuse Too many you? names. Too many names. No, no, you can't play the fence on this one because you were trying to tiptoe around it all last year, but you knew deep down inside you were like, I could be wrong. So you kept playing both sides. No, 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 no. There Every was one time man, I said there were things you were supposed show. to look at at the Kansas City Chiefs because one you would be blind to not say the offense was having issues. Did I ever want to have to worry about? See, you're playing both sides still. Well, you kind of going through it, but they're not. But they're they, how, yeah, how is how, how, how is stating a fact one man, about an offense? One man but has not been consistent on the Sac City podcast. Mm, one man, no one, one, one man has been one, consistent. 
impression. That is me. That just this man right here, this man, this, I, I can't even, this man right here is the second coming of Jesus walking on the football field. Matter of fact, I don't even think his feet touch the ground when he plays because he's just floating. He is that man. He's that dude. He's Patrick Mahomes, and the Chiefs win this game 33 to whatever I had the score for the Bills. It does not matter because his connection with that man, 87, right now is the best thing on the planet. Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, undeniable, greatest quarterback tight end duo you ever seen on the face of this earth. 15 gets it done. He gets it done once again on Sunday afternoon. Look at that. Walking on water, Jesus Uh, style. That's that's what he does. I was hoping to get to that play. (laughs) 30, put my score up. Put, Put my score up. Put my score up. You want to be put my damn score up. 33-31, Kansas City wins this game. It probably comes down like last time. This time they only probably have one second left. But Patrick Mahomes is going to fly with his little angel wings, throw it to Travis Kelsey, and he's going to get in the end zone. And the Chiefs win the damn game. Let's go. I think Joey That's B is right. right. I got a man crush. I don't care. I don't care. I'm comfortable with myself. I got a man crush. Patrick Mahomes is the shit. He's the man. He's walking on water. Can't nobody else do anything about it. That's why I wanted to play that last that, that last play against the Bucks where he got sacked basically and he was in the air making that play. You're talking about I don't even know if he walks on walks on he the does. field. That's, he, he that's that play. Walking that's that play. Uh, it's gonna be a great game though. I'm excited <laughs> to see what happens. Let's get through the cliches out there. This is we're all gonna be tuned in. Um I wish we could have ended on this game, but we do have one more game, unfortunately, to talk about, which we're gonna roll through. It's the Denver Broncos. Uh, taking on the Los Angeles Chargers on Monday Night Football. Broncos enter this game two and three. Chargers at three and two. They're fa- the Chargers are favored in this game uh, by four and a half points with a nice little over under of 45 and a half skis. Uh, this Broncos team, lots of disappointment coming out of there. Both these teams, lots of disappointment coming out of, I should say. Uh, maybe one more than the other. Uh, but specifically on the Broncos side of things, is this. We talk about the keys to beating the Chargers defense. It's running the ball. There's no Javante Williams. It's now Melvin Gordon. It's now Mike Boone. And it is now Latavius Murray, maybe if he plays. Aaron, is this the game where you need Russell Wilson to set? Like, this is this is it, right? This is the game you need Russell Wilson to step up. It's that divisional matchup, right? Yeah, one of my one of my favorite shorts this offseason, this, this was recently, was the one AJ Post talking about let's ride and i was like no let's win like like this is what you were brought here to do you have to be the franchise guy there's no excuses about oh system like i get it i've I've made those i've said be patient be patient be patient like i do believe he can get it right but at some point you just have to play football you just have to do what you're paid to do and that's be the franchise quarterback that you're paid to be and I don't know. I don't know if it's a disconnect between the offensive coordinator and the play calling in him. I don't know if it's they're not receivers aren't on the same page, but I don't care anymore. I, I don't I don't care what the excuse is. It just can't be an excuse anymore. It's got to get done. Russell has to step up. Um, there is there are some things that are coming out about him that I'm not. I don't, don't sit well with me. I, Marshawn Lynch and Richard Sherman were having a conversation about Russell Wilson. And Marshawn was like. You know, I've been wanting to call dude to make sure his mental is right because, you know, I thought he was going to go to Denver and do his thing. And and or I thought he was going to be in Seattle forever. And Richard Sherman's like, he couldn't. He needed to get out of the shadow of was it the Legion of Boom? Was it the running game? And he wanted to do it on his own. And now he's there and there's question marks like how much of Seattle was Russell Wilson or was he built in the perfect system for him? And I know we talk about system quarterbacks and stuff, but this is his chance. 
This is not, this is his system. This is supposed to be him taking Denver to the next level. I, I know it's only week six and I, I'm trying to be as patient as possible, but there's been a different Russell Wilson. He's, I don't, I don't want to say he's different than he was before. I get all that. He's always an optimistic guy kind of guy, but something tells me that celebrityism has gotten to him a little bit, that he is not the same grinder that he was when he had to prove himself in the NFL. And that to me is a problem as a quarterback. If you don't have that work ethic or that grind that you felt like before Tom Brady's 45 years old, he's about to get a divorce because that grind is still in there. And he, Whoa, won't, no, man, but, what? But, come on, man. <laughs> That's, these are facts. Like the man is choosing to play football when his family doesn't want him to play football. And I'm not sure what's all going on around it, but that's the grind I'm talking about. The, the competitive nature to want to be great and to not be worried about my Gucci bag shoes or my like, and I don't, and again, I don't know if the celebrityism is really getting to him because Tom Brady does other things too. But when it comes to football, there's not a question about whether Tom Brady loves it or passionate or, you know, going to grind to get the things he needs to get done. And right now I'm starting to question Russell Wilson. And that's it's sad, but I am. I have no choice but to because he's still the same guy. Like the, the football skills haven't changed, but something is not the same. And that, that's what I worry about. Yeah, this is a Broncos team that really is just. Uh, this offense and you don't more, this right? i don't want to compare it to the to the bears here but it's like it's almost like we're still trying like it, it no well really <laughs> it's a little bit again the they are but they're both they're, they're both going through some identity crises here and but the question like the thing that i compare it to the bears too is that we don't know if it's on the coach we don't know if it's on how much of it's on the quarterback we don't know which where to point the finger and maybe it goes both ways maybe it goes Definitely both ways here yeah, well, the, it could. Yeah, the, with the game last week against Colts, it did come down to the quarterback here, and so the finger is just being pointed everywhere. They got to figure it out. AJ on the Chargers side of things, they're going up against a very, very good Broncos defense. That's where we can talk about this Denver team as like been showing up, showing out exactly what we expected. Broncos defense looking good. How do the Chargers beat this defense? Uh, the way they've been beating teams for the last two weeks, as I said, run this offense through Austin Eckler. Uh, he's been the guy for years. He's been the guy again this season over the last two weeks, uh, 20 touches in each game, uh, well over 100, uh, 100 yards from scrimmage. Uh, definitely last week running for 173. And there's always been question about his talent as a runner, so to speak. Um, I think you let Austin Eckler, let him ride. Let him be the guy uh, on the lightning bolt taking you guys to the end zone. Um Justin Herbert's more comfortable when he has a guy like Austin Eckler to check down to. He's more comfortable when he has an Austin Eckler to run through. Um, I, I just I think that he's the answer, especially if Keenan Allen is not going to be uh, able to play. I know he's been limited, and they're still trying to get him in there. So uh, I, I run this offense through an Austin Eckler. Mike Williams uh, obviously will get his his touches, so on and so forth. And um, I'm going to go right into mine. I got the Chargers 28-20. to yeah, I, I I think I think that's a good point there. Um, ew, Vinny, come on, man. Um, <laughs> what? A, you you can't do that and put AJ's pick on mine. You haven't said your pick yet. I don't like it. I don't want to have AJ's. <laughs> there we go. Put my pick up. Twenty four to twenty. Chargers win this game. Listen, um, Russell Wilson doesn't get the excuse of Nathaniel Hackett anymore. I don't care how bad Nathaniel Hackett is. There's an expectation that Russell Wilson has to live up to. At the end of the day, the talent on the field 
has to come and play. And this Chargers defense is not very good against the run. I expect Denver to try to run the football. And if they can't, it's going to come down to Russell making plays. And I don't think he makes enough plays in this game. And we're questioning Denver once again next week. Give me the Chargers here 24 to 20. Ew, get Aaron's pick off the screen. I don't like it. It's gross. When I was solo, it made me feel like AJ-esque. I don't, I don't like your picks. <laughs> the graphic had a stench to it. The graphic had a stench to it. 21-17 uh, Chargers win this game. I still think the Broncos offense still has tr- trouble. And like you said, Aaron, we're going to – on Monday, we're going to say the same – like eventually we're just going to not give a shit about the Broncos like sucking. It's just going to be what it is. Uh, and I think that Monday we're just going to really get closer to that Chargers win this game 21 to 17. That does it for our predictions on our week six matchups here. If you missed a single episode, a single game, they are all nicely clipped for you on our YouTube page at Sac city pod. Uh, be sure to go check that out again. We do these games. We do these predictions for you guys. We know we're covering the entire NFL but we try and make sure that we are team specific in the way we're producing our content. So whatever fan you're, whatever fan or whatever team you're a fan of, we got you covered all week long, all week six and all NFL season on our YouTube page at Sac city pod, AJ do the beautiful people at home a favor and tell them the rest of the social medias that they can follow us at. Yes, I will do that for all of us. Ladies, gentlemen, thank you for rocking with us at episode 100. Good morning, Sac City. We appreciate y'all checking us out at Sac City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. The content is buzzing. You don't want to miss anything we've covered in the last 100 episodes. Do it. Check it out. Head over to those socials. Hit those likes. Hit those follows. Hit those shares. At Sac City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok for all of the best NFL content on the interwebs. Sac City, baby. In the webs. In the webs. webs. (laughs) We'll be back again live on Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, breaking down all the great fantasy matchups we've got. We've got rankings. We've got our DFS plays and so much more. You do not want to miss that. Live at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on YouTube at Sac City Pod. Gentlemen, it was a great 100 episodes. It's going to be a great 100 more. I did the math. I believe we're supposed to be at like 150 plus episodes uh, by season's end. So, um, yeah, that, that's a thing. Uh, congratulations to you both on our 100th episode. Uh, again, Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern time for yet another great show of Saxony Podcast. For your boy, AJ Johnson, and for my best friend, Aaron Mukes, I am me. We will see you tomorrow, uh, Sunday. Holla! Oh, he ain't got anything you can say. He's out!